Hey, let me know when you're ready. I'm here. Oh, we're ready. We've been... What? You let me know when you're rolling. Oh, I'm... okay. <laughs> you find this? Well, it's on the Tumblr. I retumbled from the Tumblr. You can't put that up. That's uh, I think on the cop- in the copyright A&M records. You can't put that up. Mm. Really? Was oh, that fair use? Well, we're talking they- about it. We're reviewing it. Oh, I'm, you talking about the county fair? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good song. I told you, I was telling you, my favorite's the uh, the Casino Royale. I know it's not a great movie, but the, that's my favorite, Herb Alpert. And the, that, is that him solo or with the Tijuana Brass? Tijuana Brass. Okay. But he did go solo eventually. You ever heard him sing? Uh, I don't, I don't think I have. It's not great. Worth <laughs> is it worth hearing? Mm, once, I had the uh, Burt Backrack box set, and uh, which is I think it's 116 CDs with a lot of key changes, and uh, his singing is Burt Backrack, another one, not a great singer. I thought it was fine. Have you heard him? Sure. Hey, call me. Call me on my phone. Can you call me on my phone? Right now? <clears throat> right, yep, right now. All right, hang on. Let me get it. Right. I'll take a second. First, I uh, First, unlock the phone. I unlock the phone. I enter my code. One, 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 <laughs> one. Who changed my code? Okay, so I'm holding my phone up to the mic. Unacceptable! <laughs> Unacceptable! <laughs> Unacceptable! So the, the, <laughs> So you're saying that's that's the ringtone you've you've assigned to me? Now. Well, for phone calls, I got I got a different one or for uh, for text. Excuse me, that's the one for phone calls. I got a different one for text. Yeah. What is the that's, one for text? I'm not gonna tell you. You have to text me. All right. No, not right now. Oh. I'm busy. I'm busy doing a program. All right. <laughs> that's so old. People have been into this program for you were into this program for a really long time. I've finally been introduced to Lemon Grab, and now everything's changed. It's all changed. I'm sending people to the dungeon all the time. No well, talk. I was introdu- I was trying to introduce you to it all along, and you were a- you were saying, "Oh, no new no new franchises. I no don't want my kid to have any no. fun and no fun. No, no." And now we we've watched that particular. And again, you're always saying this episode is not typical of Adventure Time. It's a so great I, episode. Yeah. So you're saying the other ones aren't that good? No, I'm saying the other ones are great, but it's you know it's different. It's a different mm-hmm. episode. It's like, and my analogy for you was, you know, if you were to hear the Doors do, people are strange. That song is not representative of what the Doors are really like as much as almost yeah. any of their other songs. The, the Echo and the Bunny Men version is much more representative. Hello, uh, Ted from the internet says that the live feed is silent. Which it, it was silent, and then and then yeah. it was fine again. So now I have to edit that out. But you can tell Ted that it's fine. no, you don't. No, you don't have to edit anything. Yeah, do you want edit do that? Do you, want, you want to call me again? You can call me again if you want. No, I'm saying we just edit the part where you said that it was. At. Not lo- not where it was silent. I edited. What, what about this part? You have to edit this part. Yeah, we're gonna too? put in another marker until you. How do you, get back how do you have track. any idea? There's so much recursion on our show. How, how do you have any idea where to begin? 
Or do you, do you just choose never to begin because you're always beginning? I think that's from the Kama Sutra. What's your ringtone for me? Just the standard ringtone. You can call me and find out if you really want. With that American Beauty one? <clears throat> no, no, no. It's, it is a replaced ring. You don't have to call me to, for, to hear it. Do I have your real phone number? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay. Hmm. It'll, just, it'll just ring? Yeah. See, I, I have a feeling I'm going to call you and it's going to be really lame. It will be lame. You won't be happy with it. But it's for my son. Oh, okay, cool. Call uh, me. 407? Yeah. Okay. Calling Dan. <clears throat> okay, it's calling. It's ring- it's, I think it's ringing. Hold it up. <laughs> Did you call me? Yeah, you got your ringer off? That's, that's what he likes. <sighs> I don't have a single problem in the world with that. All right. You know what my standard ringtone is, right? You know, you know when uh, I get a, I get I get a call, I get a call from somebody. Call call uh, call comes through, and uh, my phone does this. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> so basically, I'm five. <sighs> the things Gosh. we do for our kids. Good week. Been a long week, long week of what made your week long, Dan? Lots of sick, sick kids in the house. <laughs> the the big one and the uh, and the bigger one. <laughs> yeah, the little, the big one and the little one. <laughs> and these bath salts that I've been giving him don't seem to help. Really? Yeah. It seems like that would make him really want to get out on the street. <laughs> you know, they want to get out of the house. They they start clawing. Dan, I, I, I didn't hear about... Roderick mentioned bath salts in passing like three weeks ago. I'd never heard of it before. It's I thought strange. He talked, John, likes taking, John likes taking baths. So naturally, <laughs> I assume he spends most of his life in the bathtub eating meatball subs, as you do. Right. And so, so I thought he was making a remark about, about his dining, uh, which is funny because he's, he's, uh, he doesn't seem like a man who bathes a lot, and yet he enjoys a bath. I, I think he's getting something wrong. So now you're telling me that people go out and there's bath salts. And, and then now is this, this is the new scourge, right? Yes, uh, bath salts are apparently. Uh, I don't know. It's code. It's a code word, right? That's like uh, when they call them uh, when they call them dirt balls. Or, well, these or, are these are things yeah, that you can you can go and buy. And did you, did you read that article? You read the article that was up. Which is that what you read? The article that went up on the uh, on the thing. From I saw the, a TV uh, show on it a while ago. Oh, like a like a twenty twenty something like that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, these are some kind of. They, they they circumvent the drug laws because they are sold as bath salts. <laughs> then nobody oh. uses them as bath salts. They're more like a cocaine or I I don't know. I admire they that. They call it plant food on the streets. Plant food. Plant plant, plant food. food. I like some plant food. Um, hi, I have a question some, about. Do you have any research chemicals? I'm having trouble with my chlorophyll. Is there <laughs> anything that I could take from a packet? Packet. Plant packet. So anyway, I I don't know if you I don't know how you administer this stuff. If you, so I imagine you have to bathe in them. You don't know it's not bathing. I think you're either snorting well, be kind them. Kind of fun or, at parties. You, you you snort. It seems to me you can have a party. You fill up the tub. It's like bathtub gin, right? During prohibition, <laughs> you go. You fill a tub, not too hot. You get in. You put your bath salts. Bath salts. You sit down, and then and then what? You stab people. Is it like is it like a Quincy thing? Is it like a? Uh, it's it's uh, like the uh, stabbing scene in. Uh, what was that movie? The war movie that everyone liked. Night Nighthawks. No, there's not platoon. There's not cruising. No, it's more recent than that. Okay, but it's where the guy gets the slow stab. Oh, I've never had a slow stab. What happens with that? Well, the the two guys are fighting, and the one guy overpowers the other guy, and he's trying to stab him. But it's like not a fast 
stab. Oh, like, like a bu- bullet time. But it's like they're no, no, no. It's not slowed down. They're just struggling with each other, and the one guy is stabbing the other guy. But it's he's just he's fighting him. He's resisting, and it's just this. It's slowly just Ooh. penetrating into his chest, and Ooh. it's just slowly, you know, centimeter by centimeter until that's for the UK yeah. people until he's dead. Mm-hmm. But this is a famous uh, war movie. Would you rather? It's be a saving. Down? Is it Saving Private Ryan or something? No, I think you're thinking of Big. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I want to be <laughs> such a ridiculous movie. That that movie, Big. Big. That could never happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather be slow stabbed or fast stabbed or somewhere fast? In fast. Stab, fast stab. Get in, get out. Boom. Really? Well, the slow because they're looking at each other right in the eye. And the one guy's stabbing the other guy's slow. It's yeah, the was worst. It, was it an American that did it? No. no it, it was, you said it was English because it was centimeter at a time. No, I said it was for the English people. Hmm. 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 If we do things in, in the metric system, then they can, they can follow along. You think we should have gone with the metric system? There's a part of me that thinks we should have gone with the metric system. Hmm. Now let me um, think about it. I don't know. No, I'll come back to that. Are you, you going to cough anymore? You, you feel good? No, I'm cl- it's all cleared out. You got it all out. What was your, was your, was your Now that you said coffee? it, I have to put the... No, don't, don't, don't no, mute I just muted cough. it. I just muted oh, it. Don't mute a cough. That's so amateur. Uh, people are here for that. They want to hear the whole thing. No, no, no. Soup to nuts to cough. <laughs> <laughs> so we got lemon grab, <clears throat> a coughing. Uh, t- you want to hear you ready for my news? I got some bad... I'm not going to curse on the show anymore. I got some bad news. What? Okay, I go to my coffee place. I get a coffee, right? Here's the thing. What was that just now? Oh, it was a lid of my coffee. It's compostable. Oh. <laughs> Guess what? What? No more, no more tarts and B, no more galettes. They're not doing galettes anymore. I used to walk, I used to walk, walk four doors from, from where I am. Don't be creepy and get a galette, an apple galette. I've been, Dan, you know I've been eating apple galettes for years. No more galettes. I can get an airplane cookie. I can get a giant S brown. I can get a large brownie. I can get, um, <laughs> I could get an overpriced, not that fizzy, fizzy water. I could probably get a goddamn st- gosh darn stick of butter. What is an airplane cookie? Like a cookie in the shape of an airplane? Oh, it's a scourge. You buy it in a pack and they say it's for plant food. But airplane <laughs> cookie, it's, it's a cookie, it's a cookie uh, I get it from my daughter. It's a cookie shaped like an airplane. Okay. Airplane cookie, you can get a lion cookie um, and it's like frosting on top, which is a good, good way to roll with a cookie. Now, you would never get that because you don't like to fly and you hate sugar. And the flour. The flour is the real problem. <laughs> if they made that with uh, so you don't have soy, what could they make it out of? They can make it out of like... Uh, rice flour. Oh, bath salts and rice flour. That's one of my favorite... Bath salts. Bath salts. Joni Mitchell, great album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it's your insistence that I now prepare. So we've done galettes. Uh, you want to talk more about lemon grab? I, well, I, I, I just, I feel vindicated that fun, yeah. now that you've watched the show, it's all you talk about. Hmm. I'm and talking I think a lot about good. Fantastic Mr. Fox too. Very, I had no idea how good that movie was. And now I, I can't stop. I can't stop thinking about it. Hey, how about this? So I was saying to my daughter, you know, she was trying to explain the whole, have you seen the movie? Uh, that's part of it, I think. See, I, ditto here. I'd seen part of it and I went, meh, this is all right. Yeah. And I was in one of my things I go through where I'm, you know, I, I it's like Wes Anderson, I have... Why do some of them wear clothes and some of them are seemingly wild? That's that where we're going with this. What is the deal? Donald Duck and Porky Pig. Daffy Duck, he's got no pants. 
Who's coming up with this? No, stuff? I'm asking. I'm asking because oh. like the wolf that can feel it threw me off a little bit. Like, how come okay, the wolf yes, is wild? Yes, yes. yes. And, and you're then, getting straight straight to the Goofy and Pluto problem, right? Oh, because they're both. Uh, this was so funny in like 1978, probably. Like, coked up Robin Williams could do like 10 minutes on this. So, so Pluto, <laughs> Pluto is is a domestic pet who doesn't talk. Right. He doesn't make a, like a Dino sound. And then you got Goofy, who's obviously not as bright as Pluto, but 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 he's a biped. Uh, with with a dental problem and a hat, and and he can talk all he likes. <laughs> he doesn't add a lot, you know. A lot of the time, you ever watch that Mickey Mouse Club, that new one? Excruciating, uh, excruciating. I don't think so. <sighs> Spend enough time with the mouse when I lived in Florida. Sometimes things accidentally get deleted in my house. On the TV, this used to happen a lot. Sometimes <laughs> things would accidentally get deleted. I don't know why it was happened. Sometime, you know, I sh- my daughter probably should have stayed in the room a lot because it seems like when she would go to the bathroom, she'd come back, door is gone. There's no more door. What door? <laughs> yeah. She liked to watch the yelling show. Bubba <sighs> knows. But now you've got lemon grabs, so you're sad. Yeah, lemon grabs, so we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm sad about the Galettes. WWC, I got, to see, I got to see a lot of our friends there. That was really fun. I'm really sorry you didn't come. Have you addressed... Have you addressed that you didn't come to WWDC? Uh, no, I haven't had an opportunity to talk about it yet. Do you want to talk? It's not that interesting, right? It's, it's, it's kind of boring, and people, I think, think there's a controversy or something. Uh, I, heard, I heard it's because I wanted a, a rev share on the shirts. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's, uh, it's a real simple thing. We've got a four-and-a-half-year-old boy and a 10-month-old girl, and um, just my wife, if I was to go out of town. And we were trying to arrange that family to come to town. And it looked like it, I would be able to, and then it turned out that they would not be able to, and I did not go to WWDC. Uh, so my plan, my suspicion was that that would happen. So all, I had the hotel reservation, but I, I was going to wait and buy the tickets like last minute, you know, because sometimes you can get the good deals at last minute, I've heard. But I, uh, and it, because I was not going to be in any sessions anyway, I could do that. But then when I found out that family could not come and stay, I just canceled the hotel reservation. That must have been hard for you, Dan. That's a bummer. It was a bummer, but it would yeah. have been it would have been the first time that I've been able to travel anywhere in a <laughs> while. Uh, but I do I do too much. You know, we would we would need like a helper, a really good helper, like a family member helper, uh, just hmm. to to be there for the whole time. Could you get like a service animal, like a helper monkey? Get yourself a little mojo. I don't. I don't know that that works. I think you're the bathroom I, monkey. I, I have, hmm? The bathroom monkey. Is, is that some kind of? Is that some kind of a? Is that a, a personal hygiene thing, or is that like a, a clean up? They bathroom clean person? the bathroom. Oh God, I would kill for that. I would kill for a clean up monkey. I know our bathroom's the least of our problems. We're, we're going through a thing right now where we don't clean up after we do things, and by we I mean my daughter. Like what? So there's just oh like baking. She's, she's, she goes. Uh, she does some baking. Yeah, she does a lot of uh, tandoori. So we we got a, a extremely hot. Uh, brick type oven. She likes to make chicken. Uh, she uh, soy lecithin. She makes really good tandoori uh, soy lecithin. Um, so uh, no, no, we don't, we sometimes we 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 don't put the, the tops back on the markers. Daddy's daddy's costly markers that he uses for work. Mm. And uh, there's the paints. She's painting a rubber duck right now, and that that's kind of a situation. And the puzzle pieces. We're never we're never buying puzzles. We're done with. We're done with puzzles. We're done with things with pieces. Barbie gone. But she didn't ever even play with the Barbie. But I'm still stepping on high heels. What? Well, they're everywhere. Like Barbie pieces. The Barbie high heels. For me, for me though, it's the, it's it's the I don't know what you call it. The, the Una Lego, like you know the Lego, the, the the standard Lego that is like one 
It's got one, one, one dingus, one nipple on it. The single brown or black Lego is the mm-hmm. bane of my existence. <laughs> there will be, there's probably, Malcolm Gladwell probably has a study on this. Turns out. I, will, I will step on a brown or black Lego at some point. Every when you day. say step on, do you mean like cut it? Like cut it down, step on you it? You mean the way you cut, cut up your uh, bath salts? Uh, yeah, like cut, you no, step I mean, on like, the I'm bath trying, salts. I'm, I go to the bathroom, I, I don't keep track because I'm pretty low-key and sleepy when I do it. I go to the bathroom about nine times a night. I mean, that's after, you know, after I've gone to sleep and, uh, and I, I will, there will be like caltrops. There will be Legos between me. No matter how many, there's always more Legos. Like, again, this is something you, you always have about. like the coolest place though, up there oh, it's in amazing. San Francisco. Yeah. We've got a big red slide. Uh, we've got an oubliette. You can put people in. We've got, uh, it's really nice. We've we got a whole room. Give me a yard. Hmm? And the oubliette, the, you know, the oubliette is uh, of course a hole that you drop people down. I never told you the story about the Uber apartment I was almost in. Is that like a bidet? No, no. Oh, gosh. You know, my sister-in-law, the one who threw my glasses away, not that I'm angry. She's got a Toto. I'd leave my wife for that thing in a heartbeat. You ever ever make it with a Toto? Is that the Japanese? It's Japanese as hell. That's heck. (laughs) Yeah, I know about that. It's a nice warm stream. Sometimes I I have to turn the pressure down a little bit. A little bit. I got to work my way up. You know what I'm saying? Real gentle like. I don't know. I don't like the whole idea that strikes me. See, I didn't either. Scott, Scott Simpson told me about this, and I thought that sounded uh, what perverse, and it really, really is. But you got to give it a shot. The water's very warm. Hmm. Well, why is it, well, the message just keeps beeping at me. Oh, it's my wife. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! My, everything. I realize this is WWC. I saw, so I got introduced. Doug Gruber introduced me to this this glass board. Have you used the glass board? I used it early on. I used it when it was in first being developed, and then I used version one. I haven't tried version two yet. It's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. I think they should sponsor the show. Uh, I love it so much. And the thing is, though, I found myself, I had like five, I had a funny joke about this on the internet, but uh, well, by funny, I mean not funny. Uh, I was using like six different things to stay in contact with people. I had the glass board. I had to find my friends. Uh, there was Twitter. Uh, there was messaging. And it was it was all completely. I, I Jamie Phelps, you know JXPX eleven thirty eight. I, I almost gave him an aneurysm. I, I had him on so many different things. He didn't. He, he he couldn't keep it straight. I brought him to my office. You know, Jamie. Came I know. I saw the picture. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, he's playing my guitar. No pick. No it's plectrum. Really weird. He used to do his music theory homework in pen. Is that good? That confidence. That's confidence. That's, yeah. confident. That's mm-hmm. our topic for today, isn't it? Confidence. Yes. Uh, our topic today is confidence. <clears throat> So let me um, just uh, let me check something real quick. Okay. Uh huh. See. Oh. <laughs> yep. That's a good. That's a good topic. Confidence. Hmm. I'm extremely unconfident. See, I, I find that surprising. I know you do. I know you do. You cussing with me? You haven't seen the movie. Um, I've seen yeah. that scene. Do you really want to talk about confidence? I talked about confidence. I thought that was our pre-decided upon topic. I thought our pre-decided that we upon spent topic like was twenty minutes before the show talking about how we would talk go, about it. Dan Benjamin, I'm in NVL. I will go back. I will go back. I had five items, four of which we can talk about on air. Okay, the, the, on the agenda. Yeah. For, you got a haircut. You shaved. Oh, did you see that? I, I got a haircut and I shaved. You, you sent it to me three different kinds of like email, SMS. Did you and find then you printed friend, it out and sent you? it? Yeah, I did on my fax troller. Yeah, <laughs> faxed it over. Now, 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 be honest. Now, I I know I looked old in the first one, but I, I, don't I look a little less old in the second one? You you look cleaned up. 
I, I, I have very little sense of, of self. But as I look at those two pictures, I think I actually look like a completely different person. You do. <laughs> no, it's well, really the facial crazy. expressions that yeah. you're doing in one and the other is also very different. In the first one, you're sort of frowning and looking dowdy. Doub- is that a word? Yeah. And then the second one, you look very chipper. I think I look more and frumpy. Frumpy. More like a, like a house frow in the first one. The second huh. one, you're very, you look happy, See, you look chipper. Look like a German lady. A German lady. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That was a photo I was going to send my daughter as part of a joke, and I realized it wasn't that funny, so I didn't send it, but I kept it. And so I, I, got, I got a haircut and shaved a couple of days later. So that's on the Kung Fu Grip. You can link to that because that's the kind of oh, thing it's people are for. Oh, yeah, I'll find Kung it. Kung Fu Grip. I, I like to make you look at my blog because you always find things there that, that, uh, that surprise and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, re- I read it. I try to go my, past the... Yeah. See my X-Men sticker? Yeah. Was that, oh, was that yours? That was on your computer? I thought it was just nope. a picture of... Some, some nerd... Some some guy who put it on there. There's mm-hmm. there it is. Oh, last last bit of follow up. Have you seen Dalrymple? Yeah, yes. Okay, this is already <laughs> in show notes, but this has to be mentioned. I you know, gosh, I wish I knew exactly the name. Of you the look person. like Popeye in the second one. You look like Popeye. <laughs> like you look, look. I don't know. You look like a sailor. This is uh, Joseph Rooks. Uh, there's a fucks on Twitter. <laughs> These pictures of you and the smile and funny. You're the one who looks best. Gosh, you got like crow's Leo feet. Leo looks great. You got a lot of crow's feet. Like it, they in, extend down. Field. <laughs> old. You look very old. You know what you look like? Like when you have a greenhorn who goes out like uh, crab fishing and he's, he's all sort of like chubby and cherubic and looks like a kid. And then after like his second or third season, he's like, you know, wind worn and, and, you know, leather. I understand like five of those words. You get a greenhorn that goes what? Crab fishing. Oh, like crabbing. You're talking about crabbing. Crabbing. And he gets crow's footed? Well, he becomes like aged. In, oh, this is like, you know, it's like when Moses saw God up on the mountain and he came back down, he had the white hair and everything. He's old. He's talking about, aged. You're talking about in the bush or Abraham Ram? Abraham and the Ram? You're talking about Moses. You're talking about the burning bush. Moses. Oh, you're talking about, is it Ararat? Ararat is Noah and uh, Mount, uh, what's the one he goes up to get the, uh, the Stones Laws? What is that one? It's not Ararat. That's, um, <sighs> I wish you let me prepare. You can, you can prepare for, for things like this. The Old Testament, I expect you to know. I'm pretty good. I'm not bad. I, I'm not up to date on the Old Testament. I think a lot's changed since I studied it. I don't think they even have Micah anymore. Do you want me to tell you what mountain it was? Give me the first letter. S. Give me the second letter. <laughs> I. <laughs> Are you Googling it? No, I'm not tapping my fingernails. Mounts. So, give me the third letter. N. Wait. Mounts. Uh, Mount Sinai? Yes. <laughs> Let's go to the lightning round. Yeah. Huh. There's a lot of mounts. You know, in the, Moses uh, never got to see the promised land. Is that right? Did now what about Aaron and the snake? Did they did they make it? Now you oh, know Abraham. A... Abraham appears in three different religions. He's like Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, just keeps popping it's up. Exactly how I think of him. Actually, my Doctor Who's always been the guy with the scarf. I don't understand all these young guys. I'm talking like about they, they Tom look... Baker. Yes, all these young, these guys look like they work at a Starbucks. I don't understand how that can be Doctor yeah, Who. The, the one true Doctor Who yes. is Tom Baker. That's true. That's right. Was that was that a uh, Lord of the Rings joke? not that I'm aware of. Okay, I just like to write them all down, so I have them right here. Yeah, so John Syracuse. You know, boy, what time is it? Oh, man, Dan, 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 Dan. Should we just answer? 
Should probably do a sponsor. We should talk about something before we do a sponsor. Do you want to talk about confidence? I I thought that was yeah sure we can talk what, about that. What what, what the what, what no what, I mean it's what, your show and talking about whatever what the cuss you want. Made you think that we were going to talk about confidence? I don't have a problem in the world with that. No, it's your show and talking about whatever you want, hmm. or nothing, whatever you want. It's your show. Many uh, Japanese women are embarrassed at the thought of being heard by others during your nation. To cover the sound of bodily functions, in my, my nation, many. Women used to flush public toilets continuously while using them, wasting a large amount of water in the process. Oh, right. And now they got a dingus. And now they have noise, a Toto right? brand. Toto brand. Otohime or something. Uh, the device is now routinely placed in most public women's rooms and many older public women's rooms have been upgraded. The device may be either a separate battery operated device attached to the wall or included hmm. in the existing washer. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Battery operated device attached to the wall. Can, can you pop it off? <laughs> It's activated by pressing a button or by the wave of a mm -hmm. hand in front of a motion sensor. The device creates yeah. a loud flushing sound similar to a toilet being flushed. Well, why wouldn't you come up with something? Uh, couldn't you have like, like pink noise, if you don't mind my saying? <laughs> I, would like, I would like something in a men's room where I don't have to hear people talking on the phone while they poop. Yeah. Is that something I can get battery operated and, and attached to the wall? Yeah. I saw my wife today talking about ringtones because... I'm excruciating to live with that. I think when you choose a ringtone, you have to assume that you will have your dinger on and, and be in the bathroom and everybody will have to hear your ringtone. And I think you have to be circumspect about that. So if you pick some kind of rap song, you know, but you hear, I think people are going to go, that's pretty cool. That guy in the next stall is really into Phineas and Ferb. It's a status move. <laughs> Two pack. I think, I think uh, confidence is complicated, Dan. Confidence. It, is, it is complicated. Yeah. Confidence, confidence, I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's, uh, it's related to a bunch of the junk we talk about because it's hard to feel confident uh, about stuff that, uh, that you haven't done a lot. Do you really want to talk about this? I think it'd be a cool topic. What made you think of it? You got a bee in your bonnet? <laughs> Not this time. Really? What made you think of it? Well, you said the word confident. <laughs> made me think about it. You're still doing the show, right? This show? Yeah. I'm, I feel like I am. I heard, you, I heard you talking to those English guys. Are you thinking of going over to into another network? I'd like to go to the UK. Really? Have you ever been there? No, and I won't, huh. nor will I ever go there. It's kind of, it's like, it's like an uncanny Canny Valley thing, like even more than Canada. It's like, it's just close enough to the United States to be extremely confusing. Every, but everything's a little different over there. You mean like, like dentally? Hmm? See, that's a little easy. You know what they call a uh, Big Mac over there? Royale with cheese. Nope. They call it, it would be so nice if you'd leave now. <laughs> they don't sell a lot of That's those. Good. At least they don't have ducks on their money. I know. Uh, so so what, what's, what's your thought on confidence? I don't know. I'm you, not going to do all the heavy lifting here. You Dan. said it. I don't know. I'll tell you something. I think about this. Okay. Uh, I have never had a problem in yeah, doing like public speaking stuff. I could get up and give a talk. If I'm somewhat familiar with the topic I'll be talking about, I could talk about it for a long time, and it doesn't really matter to me whether it's five people or 500 or a few thousand. Mm -hmm. it really, it, it's irrelevant to me. And I've always been that way as far back as I can remember. I remember being in a, like the first play I was in when I was a little kid, tiny little kid. It just felt like really easy. It felt natural. It was fun to you know go up there and, and do the play. So I've done a lot of speaking, not anywhere near as much as you, but I've never, I've never felt, 
I've certainly felt unprepared. I've certainly felt unprepared and have been very unprepared at times. And I've also been overly prepared too. Okay. But I don't equate that getting up there in front of people and talking with confidence. I, I wouldn't say that I feel confident, especially when I'm up there talking. It just, it's something that I enjoy doing. And I think, think some people have make that connection there thinking, wow, you're a very confident speaker. Well, I don't feel especially confident. I don't feel confident Ah, the way that, that I feel confident if somebody were to say, uh, can, can you write an application that had, you know, handles OAuth user-based logins? Well, yes, I'm confident that I can do that. I know exactly how to do that. That's a a really good distinction, actually. I, I, yeah, I would never have thought of it that way, but that's a really good distinction. It's almost like confidence confidence in the true sense of the word. Well, first of all, <laughs> confidence is like what you think other people have, right? Right. Con- confidence is like, wow, you sure are confident. But you know, there's a big difference between uh, being confident about being able to tie your shoes and being able to be uh, confident about being tall, right? Or, or being <laughs> confident about being able to do like pull-ups. Yeah. Like there are some people who no matter how, how hard they try physics mitigates against them. It, it might be very difficult to do a lot of pull-ups. I, I never loved doing pull-ups. Uh, I was never great at it, but I practiced enough that I got okay at tying my shoes. So, I mean, for somebody who's a natural athlete, you know, and you see this on the playground, right, with little kids. Like some little kids develop so much faster. Like some kids can write a lot faster than others. Some can read a lot faster. Some can put the caps back on daddy's work markers a lot faster. Not that I'm angry. But do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it sounds like it's, one of, it's another one of those funny things where uh, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I, like I can talk about anything anywhere, anytime. And, you know, and you're, and you're, for the, for the record, if you haven't yeah. heard Merlin speak, oh, it's a mess. No, yes. it's you're, you're, you are among the best of the best. It's, it's a joy. Oh my God. Thank you, Dan. And that's so completely untrue. It's true. You should be no, confident see, in your like, own ability. Clay, Clay Shirky's a good speaker. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other people I know that are good speakers. Like Seth Godin, like he's a very, very talented presenter. Yes. And and I'm with you on the preparation thing because my, part of my problem is this is this is terrible. This is and this is not confidence. This is it's not quite confidence. It's not quite arrogance. It's just stupidity, I guess. Is that if I'm not prepared, I'm still fine. Right. You know. And I've told you before about stuff like with me where if I have the slightest hesitation that my slides are going to have get, get in my way in any conceivable way, I'll just bag it. Like no slides. You know, right? And so, so that's fine for Merlin, right? Because yeah. I, because you can do anything. You can fly right up on the stage and bench Dude, press a not, couple hundred pounds way up there. Sure, I can do sit ups, do sit ups, and pull ups on stage. Right. But um, I mean, there's been instances where Jack Palance. <laughs> I've mentioned this before. The thing about the slides we talked about. Did we talk about presentations one time and trying to make them better? Um, yes. And, and personally, like I, I, it's easy for me to say because I'm confident and arrogant. But I think a lot of people use slides as a crutch. And, and in the sense that if, if they didn't have their slides, they could not do a talk, partly because they'd freeze up, but also because they're relying on, you know... The slide the, to communicate the, the message. Or worse, the, the terrible cliche that I, I keep thinking has got to be a dead cliche, but it frequently ends up being a very real cliche, is people who do literally read off their slides or people who don't know how to use a notes monitor. And again, this is just something you've got to learn to do in practice. It does take practice. But there are a lot of people who can't, keep their eyes on the audience or in the direction of the audience because they have to keep looking over their shoulder at the giant screen to find out what they say next. And you know, no matter how, some people, no matter how much they rehearse, will never get comfortable with that. Now, now with me, when I do slides, if I do slides, I, I want them to be really, really good. And, and I want them to, you know, 
I want them to amplify what I'm saying rather than echo it, you know? And the example I've always used is, um, I don't watch the show much anymore, but on the Colbert show, I used to love when he would do the word. Is that what it's called? And, and there was that little, like a graphic over his shoulder while he's talking. Oh, you mean so the Colbert show? Yes. Okay. That's his real name. That's actually his real name. Okay. And, and he, uh, but, but I always loved the fact that he would be talking in a very uh, distinct and confident voice about something. And the graphic over his shoulder might, might amplify what he's saying, or it might be totally at odds with what he's saying. This is, we're getting a little bit into a rat hole here. But um, in my case, that to me, I told you the story about where I, I would have to hit the button and that would send a signal to somebody in another room to advance the slide, which is very close. To, I mean, if you add a door to the Explorer, that would be my vision of hell. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I, no slides. <laughs> <laughs> Seven years dungeon, no slides. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> and the peppermint falls in his mouth. <laughs> But I, I like I like the use your use of the bell. I'm allowed to use it three times per episode, not three dings, but three times, and okay. I've used two already. So basically, it's a full count. God, and then you went know rat hole. So um, now there are a lot of people that that uh, I, now again this is this is one of those classic turns out. But I, I've heard I've heard for years that Americans' number one uh, number two fear is dying, and Americans' number one fear is public speaking. I don't know if that's true, but based on some friends of mine and certainly a lot of uh, some speaking friends of mine and a lot of a lot of or most civilians, the whole idea of being the center of attention and having to say something in an organized way in front of everybody, whether, you know, and that could, the reason I put it that way is like, it's not like you're going to be at Wembley, like up on stage, but even if you're having to do a presentation at a meeting, that just gives so many people the fear. And the thing is, you can get better at that. You could go to Toastmasters. Like, you could read Presentation Zen, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Mostly because it features me. It's really... It's, it's all no, about it's you. Real. No, and there's some really... It's really great advice. The, uh, Gar Reynolds' book, uh, Presentation Zen, and now we're really off track. The thing that makes that book so great, um, I think, is that he helps you understand that the slides are part of the show, but really you're putting on a show. We should do another show on presentations, so right. that's good. But let's come back to this one thing. So... If I hear what you're saying uh, 25 minutes ago, the, uh, the, the challenging part is that are you really confident if it's something that has come easily to you, right? But even if you're bad at it. I mean, confidence, <laughs> confidence is different. Is confidence different than courage? Oh, totally different. Yeah. Couldn't be you, more different. You, okay, how do you contrast that? Okay, I, I would define courage as... The I don't want to say the willingness, but I would say it's the ability to do something you're scared of. Yeah, the, to do something that that you feel will not have the right, will not have a good outcome, will have a, maybe a very bad outcome, and that you're willing to to attempt it anyway. Four o'clock in the morning, courage uh, to quote Alvy in uh, right Mosquito Coast. But I think it's like confidence in the sense. Hmm. Yeah, did you read is that, that book? Is that the, is that Harrison Ford? He well in 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 the movie, and he has glasses in that. Uh he yes he he does he does wear glasses. Is that Somerset Mom or Ali Ali Fox? No. Speaking of speaking Murray? of the fantastic uh, Mister Fox, Ali Fox. I think I think you're thinking of uh, of uh, Annie Hall. Name. Annie Hall, the one with the lobsters. <laughs> That's a good scene. But I, I, there's a commonality. I think. I, I hope I didn't interrupt you just now. Um, cur- courage to me is. This is the funny thing and about both of these, these words, courage and confidence. A lot of people take courage. Courage is like, oh, this is somebody who is fearless. 
This is a fearless person and therefore they are courageous. And, you know, I hope this doesn't sound too nuanced, but I think, no, I think courage is like you're still scared bottomless and and you do it anyway. See also the talk where I cried. Uh, To me, that's courage and and confidence. But confidence to me, confidence can involve courage, but confidence, you know, it's interesting. The way you put it, I I don't think I disagree. I don't think I agree with your, the way you describe courage because you're saying it as like, you know, it's going to turn out wrong, but you do it. But it might, it might not, it might not turn out wrong, but it's where there is the Uh, unknown outcome. Unknown. The fact that you've got to be brave to try something and, you, you're going to be put to the test and you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out. Because if you know it's going to turn out good and it's just going to be hard, that doesn't require any courage. Well, I guess I got to do this. It's going to suck for a while, but it'll be fine. That's more the confidence part. Yeah, like think about people who've written a bunch of books. Like if you've written a lot of books, I mean, that's really, really hard work. But in the case of Stephen King, like for example, just as I'm pulling sound of my... Um, Tuchus. I'm trying so hard not to curse, Dan, and it's really, really hard because I'm so good at it very confident about my cursing. I'm, I'm telling you, though, based on the, the, the Fox, I think I'm just going to start putting cuss in. I'm going to say cuss every time. You should, you should see the movie. It's really good. Um, but if you've, written, if you've written a lot of books, if, if you've done anything a lot of times, in the case of The Old Butcher, if, you, if you've sliced up and weighed um, meat a lot of times, you have the confidence to know that this is how much that, that right, weighs. Right, so if you said, so, do you think you could cut me a you know, three-quarter pound steak? Yeah, I can cut you that. Oh, you think you can get it right? Yeah, I can get it right. That's, unless, that's unless confidence. You're, unless you're at Safeway, where it will always be a little bit over. <laughs> right, but that's the thing is, is, is for the person to know exactly, because they're cutting steak all the time, they know, oh, I can cut you out a pound of uh, whatever. They know it. That's confidence. They don't need courage to do that. Yeah, did you ever see that, that stupid video I did where I talked about that? With the one where you're talking into your shoe or yeah. whatever? I love that one. It's so oh, funny. Oh, that's funny, the one I did on the plane. Yeah. No, no, um, this is, and once again, we get into the expertise stuff, but I call it the old butcher, right? This idea of expertise is in the case of the old butcher, and this is, this is true. Anytime you go in and you want to get like deli meat or whatever, there's, there's some, if the people who do that enough, can, can, they'll weigh it to like show you that they got it right. But if you do that all day long, you have the confidence to say, trust me, that's, you know, 1.2 pounds of Swiss cheese and I'm happy to weigh it for you. Right. But, and again, that comes out of doing it a lot, but, uh, I, I got to find out if this is true. Cause if it's true, it's so great. Supposedly, I don't know if it's a Jeet Kune Do thing or whatever, but supposedly Bruce Lee says, if you're trying to break a board, you don't aim for the board. You aim two inches behind the board. And I don't care if anybody ever actually said that. That, that changes the way I think about so many things. To me, to me, that is courage and confidence. Confidence is not, I wonder if I'll hit the board. It's more like I'm imagining that I've already followed through with that. Because if you, if you <laughs> pull back at the last second before you hit that board, it's going to hurt so much and you're not going to break the board, right? So, so to me, that, that's... That may be courage and confidence. But confidence, what, what's the point of that? Confidence is that you can, as they say, envision the good outcome of this. If you just sit there and obsess about how you're going to look like a jerk in front of everybody at the meeting, you're, you really are rehearsing for failure. And, and you know, I, I used to be a little bit skeptical. I used to be really skeptical about that whole idea of, what do they call it, imaging or whatever. Um, and the idea of like, you know, imagining that you're sinking the pot and like a create, uh, creative visualization, I guess so. Yeah. But apparently it is something that people like golfers and like athletes in general, Olympic athletes, they do this a lot. They, they see themselves succeeding at what they're doing. Right. And I mean, 
I, that, I don't think that has to be hippies and incense stuff. I think there's really something sensible to that. Well, they've actually done, they've done studies where they would have two control <laughs> groups and one control group would go and practice for two hours a day and the other would practice for one hour a day and then visualize themselves successfully doing whatever the, the sport is for the other hour. And they found that the ones who practiced less and visualized more were actually um, better. Turns out. I, I would totally believe that. Um, and But I, what I really, really know without having to read the abstract is that the opposite is absolutely true. And that self-talk does make a huge difference in the sense that if, the, if the, that little monkey mind that you have is constantly chattering about how you're going to fail, you, you are really are rehearsing. You're imagining every single way that can go wrong. Um, and, you know, I guess it should go without saying that that's not the smartest approach to anything, especially if you don't feel confident or courageous. But, but you know, gosh, first of all, you may not feel like you have permission to feel confident and courageous, right? And that's partly because you keep talking yourself into sucking at it. But, but here's the other thing. If you do start like in the case of public speaking, for example, let's imagine, and I, I still do weird stuff like the day before I do a talk, I have this like real Rocky Balboa moment where like I try to, I always ask if I can see what the room looks like. Mm. And when Feel I see what out. the, yeah. <clears throat> and even, you know, if you've done any speaking, anybody out there, you know that things will always go wrong. And I mean, there's always like a tech problem or there's a change in the schedule. You ask for a lav mic and there's no lav mic. I mean, I hate having a handheld mic. Um, cause uh, you know, first of all, anytime you have a handheld mic, even though I'm pretty confident and courageous speaking, your hand always shakes a little bit, especially after like an hour of doing that. So if you are, are a not confident speaker, the last thing you want is a handheld mic. And for me, I like to walk around and just, no, you don't want to, you're not the type that stands up behind the podium, gripping, gripping the two sides of the podium. <laughs> no. no, and I've been to places where I had to do that with one of those Bob Barker mic- mics stuck yeah. in my face. Yeah, hate it. Hate you it, have hate it. you. You know what I like about you? The way you talk, it's not so. I mean, like your inflection and all that. Blah blah blah. That's fine. It's your body language, the way you carry yourself on stage, how you comfortable you look on the stage. That's that's what I think. When people next time you watch Merlin speak somewhere, those Thank are things you. I want you to pay attention to because that's the hardest thing to do. Up, I don't get. I get that. I screw that up all the time. You do that so well. It looks so natural. Thank you. I, I also use, uh, participate in almost every bad habit of speaking. I put my hands in my pockets. Uh, my clothes aren't clean, and I don't comb my hair. So, uh, but thank you for saying that. But, but in, that, in that case, okay, so here's where I'm going with this. And, and just not to beat the speaking example to death, but let's stick with that for a second. If, if I go in and do the Rocky, Rocky Balboa thing where I walk into the, uh, what is it, the forum? Is that where it is? Where he goes in and sees the posters? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the forum? And he goes in and they got, he's got the wrong shorts on? Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I if I get that chance, um, who used this phrase? I think I learned this from Michael Lott, the Italian run-through, where you can go through and just do your slides real quick. I always do that in a hotel before I go up. I, I just, I don't do, no, I'm sorry, Jeff Fien, where I'll go real quick through the slides. Whatever the presentation is, you go real, real quick and just kind of get each one of those in your mind. When I was first starting out with speaking, I would spend way too much time on like the first five slides, spend way too much time making the first five slides, spend way too much time practicing, rehearsing the first five. And then the problem is the important part. Yeah, the, the beginning is really important, but the ending is the most important part of your mm. talk. And if you don't, and, <laughs> and then you get the, you know, slow claps, yeah. but um, going into that room. Uh, is a part is a way of envisioning because I when I walk into that room, okay, this is, this is why, why do that? What's well, yeah, you're confident, okay. First of all, I see what the seating arrangement will be. I see what the lighting will be. I see how much stage space there is. Um, I look at the agenda and see that 
I, there's certain things you can look at on an agenda or a schedule for a day of events somewhere. And, you know, usually when I go and talk at a company, it's, you know, obviously part of a larger event. I've got a slot. And I can usually tell when I'm going to get screwed on time, <laughs> which is not a huge problem, except that if anything, I run long. So I, I realize, I'll realize, oh my gosh, well, okay, it looks to me like they've already got um, mics in stands on stage. There's a couch over there. There's a podium over there. I see one, I see two wireless mics on the stage, two wireless handheld mics, which tells me they're probably going to have questions and so on and so on. Um, but walking through there, and then imagining how I would handle that. Not, not just going like, I'm great, I'll do super in here. But really imagining what that room is going to be like. Well, what does that have to do with the imaging? Well, I, I, I'm, I, first of all, I, I'm thinking about, wow, you know, I was depending, in the slides I'd come up with for this, um, I was doing black letters on a white background. And that's not going to show up in this room. So I might want to change my template. Mm-hmm. Sounds silly, right? But if you're depending on your slides, if people go, I can't read your slides, it's just wrong, don't use white letters, you know? <laughs> All good advice, especially in that voice. That's, that's, that's a good one. I like that's this the, one. That's the, that's the slide consultant. Catalog that. Get my data. Get my data on your slide. But, uh, but you walk nasally. There. But you know what you're also doing? You're doing risk mitigation. And risk mitigation, instead of, you know, it's nice to be nervous early rather than nervous late. If you haven't thought through the contingencies for what can go wrong, and as a former uh, large animal project manager, I, I think about this constantly. Not because I'm a negative person, but because it means a lot for me for things, things to go well. Ergo, I have to, in order to get to the outcome I want, I have to mitigate against the things that could go wrong. And so the envisioning part isn't just sitting up there going, I'm awesome and I can see that. It's also, I'm thinking now about, oh, if I, know that my, if I know that my slot might be cut short, if I know that the slides I've got might not show up well, if I know that I wanted to do some onstage demonstration involving a candle, like all of these things, I've got to, I've got to, I might have to change all of that stuff. And what makes people unconfident, unconfident, incompetent, unconfident is not knowing what those things could be. And so what happens? Your brain starts racing mm-hmm. about all of that. And to actually, you know, like that thing where swimmers will like jump in the water, like as a false start before the gun. Oh yeah, sure. Well, they, I think they do that because they want to get get that chill off. You jump in, you jump in the water, and you mm. kind of burn one. You know what I mean? Like we used to call it a pre-show when you go to the bathroom before you play. Um, I'm not going to curse on here. Called a pre-show. You okay. always play. Write that down. Um, not too much though. You don't want to do it too much. You got to have a little bit. You got to you know keep one in the chamber. And so, uh, but if you walk through that, you'll be more confident. Now, what does it have to do with other things like golf? Well, I'll bet you dimes to donuts that every pro golfer knows that course well already or has walked the course. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But the one thing we should do our sponsor, but one thing about all of this is there's this thing I want to say that um, it's going to sound so stupid. Uh, I think one of the most uh, dangerous and defeating things you could do is thinking too much. <laughs> thinking for smart people or people who think they're smart, thinking feels like the solution to so many things. And if you've got to do a big presentation tomorrow and you're not feeling confident and you're not feeling courageous, you might sit in your hotel room watching the dog whisperer and thinking. And to me, that's not nearly as useful as, in my case, I'll walk around the room and talk to myself or I'll go somewhere with a pile of index cards or I'll go look at the ballroom to see, uh, you know, what it, not, not the kind you play in, but the kind you talk in and, and see what it's going to look like because that thinking is, is, a, is an echo chamber. Right. This goes for everything we talk about. You know, um, thinking is a really important part of writing, but it becomes less important when it's time to start making words on the page. That's when you got to quit thinking and just write. Uh, thinking about running not as important as doing the actual running. You, should, you can think about running more later after you've done some running. But to me, that 
uh, to wrap up this little bit, you, I will, I will feel more courageous about being able to do that talk. And, you know, again, the courageousness, I, I'm scared about a lot of things. I, I, you know, th- that might be an odd audience that I am pretty positive is going to be very hostile as has really been the case in the last couple of years, as <laughs> I've done this show with you and the things I've had to say have become more controversial to an audience full of pod people. God bless them. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very scared of not being liked, or I'm very scared of somebody saying, we're not going to pay the part of this invoice because like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. thought you were going to come in and make us all happy about email instead of make us uh, doubt whether our jobs are making us uh, whole people. That, that looks terrible in an invoice. Um, but that does increase my confidence if I have walked the golf course in that sense. And, uh, and, and you know, and just to your point, Dan, the, the courageousness part and the confidence part, doing it over and over does make a big difference. But the thinking about it over and over and over again, in my experience, so doesn't help. It's so the opposite of helps. I think the word is it hurts. Oh. Do you know what I mean? You're a thinker. I have lots of friends who are thinkers. Like you can think yourself into just about anything. And if you're, if you're going to indulge yourself in thinking, especially about something you're scared about, you know, why don't you indulge yourself in thinking about that in a functional way? And for me, that means jotting things down. It does mean index cards or occasionally a mind map or a whatever. But the, you know, those thoughts in your brain amplify and, and then there's this positive feedback loop that can be deafening. There, very few of us have a positive feedback loop in our head about positive things. Instead, they're often troubling, recurring thoughts about anxiety and fear. Yeah, and you would, I mean, if somebody else were to hear these thoughts, they would. I mean, you would think they would think you were nuts. It's true, and and everybody experiences that if they've if you've ever gotten the stones to talk to somebody about a problem you're scared about or ashamed of, when you hear the words come out of your mouth, um, first of all, it's a relief. Yeah, but then it can also be very sobering to hear how not that scary it might be, or how, in some instances, how crazy it is. This is why cognitive behavioral therapists ask you to keep a thought diary about what causes you to have that anxiety. So um, the functional component, I think, is that if you want to be more confident about things, the thinking part is good, but the putting it into practice is good. The envisioning is good, but then also, you know, well, it's like you know, desensitization thing. The classic example is like if you're scared of snakes, like first you hold a piece of string and then you hold a rubber snake and so on. If you're not confident about something, try envisioning a way in, in which the world doesn't end if you do something like that thing. Um, and then I think the courage comes from doing it over and over. And, you know, and, and this is, this is the, the big part that's not going to help a super beginning person, but failing a lot at it. Like giving some, nothing will improve you like giving some sucky talks, right? And like Syracuse says with Microsoft, like they, they, they had such a lead in what they were doing that it seems like it didn't, this is a big company, so this is a silly uh, thing to overstate, but it's, it's kind of funny that a company that was so on top of things and had the most resources in the world for doing a certain kind of work didn't do ambitious things and didn't fail at more interesting things. Right, success does not teach you that that much about what you're doing. Um, failure can be super instructive, and if I have a really crappy talk, I might beat myself up about it for a while. Um, but then I'll learn from that, right? I might learn that I need to be less prepared about this thing and more prepared about that thing. Tip here for me: I've learned it's really important to show up really early, get all the tech stuff out of the way, yes, but also then talk to people who are going to be at the talk. You know, yeah, if you want to pander, it's a great place to figure out how to pander. But it's also a great way to find out like how your message is going to resonate. And and it certainly doesn't hurt to 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 be able to cite a specific example in the company of something that will resonate with people. Right. 
And, and that's, the, that's the kind of thing I've learned how, by walking up there and saying something really stupid that had nothing to do with the company. I mean, when I did it, I, <laughs> I've done talks at places where I, I, I spoke with them like they were three-year-olds. And, and they were actually, like, like, of course, a thousand times smarter than me, knew all this stuff better than me. And I looked like the biggest ignoramus in the world. Mm. Why? I had not prepared. I had not prepared enough by understanding my audience and finding out how their idea of this going well would happen. So that's, that's probably enough there. I didn't let you talk for like 35 minutes. That's pretty cool. You're the one who wants to talk about confidence. Yeah. It's your custom idea. Can I, tell you, can I tell you about something I like? Please. You heard about this MailChimp? That is a website. Yep, yep, yep. It's made out of Fs and Bs and Chimpy Chimps. And uh, so MailChimp, uh, give, give them the quick F and B. Uh, easy email newsletters. Mm-hmm. They help you make and send newsletters. They help you share them. They have analytics. They integrate with the services that you like, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, whatever else. Uh, at 1.8 million people use MailChimp and you can use it for free for a long time. You can send something like 12,000 emails to 2,000 subscribers for free forever. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we've been using it for a project we're doing with MailChimp uh, called Markbag. And Markbag is the official, mm, let's not say weekly, it's the official <laughs> newsletter of, uh, of uh, Back to Work. We you know we talked to Mark about this and, and he, he's okay with it coming out at not quite every week. Yeah. So you guys should be too. Not really. I'm sorry the, the new one's not out. The new one's going to be good. We, just, we, we put out bulk bag number five uh, last week, which is all lists of five things. Um, and we do the whole thing on MailChimp. I mean, I do all the writing in, inside wherever I want. In my case, like TextMate and using Mark. And I write the whole thing and then paste it in. You could write the whole thing and do the entire thing right in their really cool WYSIWYG editor. You could just up... Is, you know what's amazing? We haven't talked about, Dan. It's like how you just like upload images and it pops it right in. Um, how you can do stuff like they have a really cool, pretty easy to understand templating language. Yeah. So you can say things like, hello, Dan. You know, you can pop in people's names. <laughs> yes. And it actually <laughs> will read it to you in that, in that voice. <laughs> well, you know, remember the old days we used um, Microsoft Word like mail merge. And if you didn't get the same font right, it, it, it looked totally... <laughs> You're writing the thing in Times New Roman, but each variable would be in like courier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your inquiry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, MailChimp is great for that. You can do it all right in there. The 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 the, uh, the stats and stuff are, are are terrific. And you know, and if you're doing like a real business and selling stuff, I, we haven't done this because we don't really sell stuff. But you can do things like you can see all. Yeah, well, we were gonna be selling stuff. Yeah, well, I'll believe when I see it. Right. But 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 in this instance, you can find out how much bath dough salts. you made. Are you telling me? Are you telling me we should start selling bath salts? I'm saying like, it's legal, so we could consider it. Okay, would we white label that? Would we be an OEM? A VAR. Cleric. Uh, okay, well, just put that in my uh, CRM and I'll uh, EDS right. it to my uh, uh, <laughs> EDS LSD. it. EDS. <laughs> uh, so uh, the next one that's coming out, Dan, I haven't even told you about the next one, but I'm working on it right now and it'll be out you know, soon. Um, we do this, all, like I say, the, why are we telling you this? Because we do this all with MailChimp. Um, and uh, you can go to MailChimp.com and sign up. If you want to sign up for the Bulk Bag Newsletter, Mark Bag, the next one will be number six. Uh, you can see it in show notes uh, for this show. Dan, where, where do people go to see show notes? 5by5.tv slash B as in boy, two as in the number, W as in women, slash <laughs> 72. We're working a little bit ping pong there. Hmm. Should we mention Mandrel? The, the, uh, the, the, the villain that does that little dance? I don't know what that is, but I do know that if you go to Mandrel.com, this is what's called transactional email. So if you're a developer, you know oh, what that means. Okay. And this yeah. is a brand new service that they just came out with. I want to mention, cause I've 
I'm looking at integrating this right now. But if you have an app, whether it's like an iOS app or you name it, whatever kind of app, they've got an API. Uh, you can use you can use Mandrel to send emails from your app, and there's an iOS app that goes with it, and it, it's really really awesome. I'm totally using this. That sounds super cool. And I wrote down Mandrel. API. Mobile. It's got API. one. API. Turn my JSON. Who took my JSON? Where's my payload? Is it restful? No, it's um, <laughs> soapful. <laughs> oh, God. No, nobody wants soap. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Bath salts. It's all bath saltful. It's a restful bath salt. My wife was watching that bath salts movie, <laughs> uh, and she's like, "Nothing's going on in this thing. I can't. This is boring. There's nothing. Just showing." I'm like, "No, no. Look down in the bottom corner down there." She's like, well, "You can't even see what they're doing." I'm like, "Well, he's eating the other guy's face." She's oh. like, "Ah, oh, it's a waste oh, this of time." Is the off ramp face eating thing? Yeah, the guy was on bath salts. Anyway, you're welcome, Mark. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but bulk bag, you know, I don't want to oversell this, but you know what bulk bag number six is going to be. You want to know? You want the, conf- the confident Conf-dance. edition. It's a contract. <laughs> this is a contract. Contract. A signed contract. Jeevesy. I. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna be on inspiration and creativity. Believe it or not, uh, uh, the, the the third rail. It might be the fifth rail at this point. A letter of agreement. <laughs> What's the ice cream doc? <laughs> Let's just go ahead and do the shining all the way yeah, through. That's all we need. <laughs> Tommy's Have you ever boy. had a single moment's thoughts about my responsibilities? Tommy's little boy lives in my mouth. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Has it ever occurred to you <laughs> that I have agreed to look over the Overlook Hotel until May the 1st? <laughs> do you have no. the slightest idea? Do you know about the hidden doors and mirrors? course you do so anyway uh yeah it's going to be about inspiration it's going to be about the stuff that i have found actually actually inspiring to do actual work um i probably will in- include the famous photo of the quote-unquote hot chicken or underwear typing which <laughs> which is the nadir of fake creativity stuff right. oh oh did you st- actually dan did you see my did you see my i made some tumblr art did you see that tumblr art i'm tumblr art yeah, yeah, I'm pretty proud of this. You know, there's a thing on Tumblr you do where you take a picture of, of somebody, a take bunch. a picture of something, and then you, you put letters on it, uh, and, and you say something inspirational, and you have a whole blog about that. Yeah. And so, uh, and you also do things from uh, one of those vampire sex shows. People love those things. Uh, so what do I do? I send you a message thing here. Yeah, go um, But uh, so, so you told people uh, where they can get this. Mailchimp.com, right mandrel.com. <laughs> That's it. Go there. I can't. I can't. Uh, how do I send you a message in this thing? You just paste it. Oh, I just Works, paste it. Yeah, just drop it in. Which one? Uh, uh, Messages uh, uh, or Skype? Uh, I don't. Know. How much are you going to cut out? You're going to cut out everything from the beginning. I'm not cutting out anything. Good. I'm Good. only. No, I'm just cutting out the part where you where you asked about. Uh, okay, I got that. Where you asked about it, the the thing not being live. Now you're going to have to cut that out too. No, leave that in. It'll be a little mysterious. It edits all the way down, Dan. Did you do this? Yeah, look at you. Isn't that in the pretty? Left. Isn't that pretty? Did you look at it? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Inspiration. <laughs> Inspiration is a butterfly that kisses our magic dragons each <laughs> new day. So that's what it's going to be about. So uh, sign up, sign up <laughs> at MailChimp.com. It's going to come out. Um, uh, the book bag number six. And uh, you can get previous, uh, previous <laughs> issues. You like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's, got, it's got Moleskine notebooks in it. So yeah, you know, I like creativity. that. Uh, but but we're very uh, very thankful to Mailchimp uh, uh, for supporting five by five and back to work. This morning, my uh, my daughter. True story. This morning, my daughter said, "Are you doing your show today?" 
And I said, yep. I said, you know what show I'm doing? And she said, back to work. And I said, yep, doing back to work today. And, uh, and, so, and, and so she said, is that on a dot com? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I've just been discovering over the last three days that, that dot com is her word for the internet. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so you put it on. She she wants. So I always. <laughs> so I'll say. She'll say to me, "You're a bonk." It's like head. her and my grandparents have the I same. Know. <laughs> and, she's, and she's also incontinent. She'll say. She'll say things like. Uh, she'll she'll say you're a bonky head, and I'll say no, you're a bonky head, and she'll say you're a bonky head. So I I checked on the internet, and you're the bonky head. And she says I checked on the internet, and so what's her idea? She had an idea for a business uh, today for, for you and me, for me and, and Joel's daddy. I think her, she says you should you should ha- you should make something called dot uh, uh, com on the internet. And I said, you know what? That's not a bad idea. So could you capture that? That's something we might want to no, do. I got it tangled. Okay. So you never seen you never seen Mandrill? You never seen him? He's on the Revengers. Mandrill, no. Mandrill is a Mandrill who's a villain. <laughs> he breaks out of the cube or something. Okay. He, you never seen him. He does this really weird dance. I wish I could send you a video. Uh, I can't describe it for you. It's inscrutable, but we just watch it over and over and laugh. He does this thing. So imagine you're doing like a Macarena thing where you put your, you very quickly and very ab- abruptly and angrily put your left palm on your right shoulder and just as quickly put your right palm on your left shoulder. Now imagine juking your head side to side real quick. <laughs> now imagine a mandrill, cartoon mandrill doing that. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm looking for it. I don't see it. There's also, don't you think there's a difference between being confident, eh, arrogant, that's a silly word, uh, careless? Is that, is that a word to contrast with, with confident? I mean, not contrast, but you know what I mean? Um, are you really being confident if you're just being reckless? Hmm. I mean, obviously the answer is probably no, but doesn't it take a certain amount of just holding your nose and jumping sometimes? Carelessness. Well, I, you know, I'm already probably putting it too strongly, but... But do you know? What, I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like that's kind of part of the mix. It's if you wait until you're 100 percent confident about something, you'll never do it. You'll never do you'll it. Never do it. Right. Or 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 what you'll be doing is is so tedious and dead that that it won't even matter. You, you know what I mean? It's you know. And, yeah. People worry so much about regret. It, it, it's you know regret. I think for for some people maybe for a lot of people, regret is, is a really, really dogged feeling that they, they can never let go of. Um, regret about things you haven't done. Regret about things you wish you had done or more sloppily, regret about things that never happened on your behalf. You know, I never regret that I was acknowledged as being a great ceramicist or whatever. Um, but uh, it's the, the real confidence in, in some ways, I think comes in when you're, you're prepared enough but you don't, you're not even 100% prepared. You know what I mean? Because like I'm saying, like you were agreeing, that the 100% preparedness, well, you could spend forever getting that last 1% of confidence about something. Yeah. And that, that window may close. You know what I mean? Overprepared. And maybe that's where the courageousness comes in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's weird. I mean, the, the, the public speaking thing is, is such a great example, I think, uh, because it touches on all of these points. I mean, like we always joke about being too prepared or me having a list and an outline and stuff like that. Well, to, to, to your very point, I, I go to, I've seen a lot of presentations where the person was way too prepared about one thing and way, way underprepared about six other things. We, we, we share a very good friend whose speaking has improved much over the last four years because he's a very talented writer who stopped simply reading things off of a piece of paper which was very hard for that person to do. And I think that is the case for most people who have to do public speaking. How do they derive their confidence? Well, they want to be prepared. How do they become prepared? Well, they write 
in prose, what is it they want to say? And then essentially take a blue pencil and decide what goes on which slide. And that, that, I mean, that's not a presentation. That's a public reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Uh, while, while we're at it, so I'm, I, we've, gosh, a hundred times I've mentioned this, but I'll mention them again. You can put these in show notes. This, uh, the two books that I recommend for people who are doing presentations or want to get better at them, um, there are some good ones out there. Uh, oh, gosh, I wish you could get the version of this from 2007. It's so much better. There's a book called um, uh, Beyond Bullet Points, which uh, by, by this really talented guy who, who's mobbed up with Microsoft. And so the latest edition of his book is just so full. You can of, get the 2000. The Seven. older edition is much better and much smaller. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll in advance. Yeah, it's what, it's one of those available from these sellers kinds of things, but they're yeah, like... Yeah, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. That, that. I got the wrong Phoenix that way. Phoenix. I'm happy with my Phoenix, but they sent me the wrong Phoenix. I thought I was getting a new, like not an MIB even, like I thought I was getting a new, hmm. you know, Phoenix. And instead, I, I got a pre-owned uh, Dark Phoenix. Very, very happy. Very happy with my dark phoenix. Right. It's just not what you expect. I think Amazon has become a very confusing site to use. I wrote an article about this. For where? Fake Amazon. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll put it into the show notes. Where'd you put that? Is that on O'Reilly? You used to write for O'Reilly, right? No, no. This is a Hive Logic post. Fake Amazon. I'll put it in the is show it? notes. Oh, awesome. awesome. A little article I wrote just back in December of 2008. I, I like these two books. I'm sorry, it's weird that this is turning into being about presentation. Where I, look at this. I was trying to order a Wolverine. I was trying to oh, order a Wolverine oh, oh. toy. Try, try, to buy, try to buy shoes for your kid because yeah. it's like trying to whack a pinata because you go, okay, I want these exact, <laughs> I want these, whatever they are, the New Balance 990s. Or whatever. We bought like 11 Nine, pairs of these. Nine. Nine times, Mrs. Bueller. Primrose Path. <laughs> With your knees. <laughs> um... Edie McClurg. And, uh, boy, I'm lost in the stack. So, uh, two books. Um, first book. First book. Well, I mentioned Presentations Then by Gar Reynolds, uh, which is really terrific, and, and it will help you, blah, blah, make better slides. But it helps you make better slides by understanding that slides are just part of the show. You know what I mean? Uh, in some ways, you could, I, this is a terrible thing I just made up, but, uh, you know, if you're going to have a great dinner party you have to understand that, yes, you will need things to serve it in, but you also have to make the food. Mm. Like, you don't just go out and buy a lot of nice chafing dishes and then hope that everybody's happy. You also have to be a good cook and put food into that. And I think in some ways, you know, slides can provide a certain infrastructure, you know. And, and let's be honest, some people feel like, you know, it's like Germans and cake. If you don't give them slides, they're going to be mad. you got to give Germans a cake after a meal or, they'll, you know, invade Poland and whatnot. The, the thing <laughs> is with this, if cut that out. And so, don't really cut that out. Can, <laughs> do you have to cut out that I ask you to do that? No. Um, but the slides, yes, it gives structure to the talk. Absolutely. No question about it. Um, uh, but you don't want them to become too much of a crutch, but, but I probably should mention this other book first, but beyond bullet points, the reason I like that book or I like the old version of it. And I really wish he would put out a version of that. That's like 14 pages long because it's super repetitive. Like a pricey. Oh, I love that word. And you said it right too. Yeah. God, if you were a man, I'd marry you. It's a good word. Yeah, it's a good word. Um, the reason I like that book is it, it makes you, you know how we're talking, I was talking about, you know, the Rocky Balboa thing where you mm-hmm. walk through the forum. Uh, Beyond Bullet Points encourages you to, yes, stop having slides full of bullets. And there's certainly ample tips about improving your actual slides. But what it really does is teach you to tell a story. 
And it does it in this really prescriptive, over-the-top, annoying way with a form that you fill out. And it's so stupid, but it's so useful. Like if you're going, you say, okay, I'm going to talk about uh, uh, new opportunities in enterprise solutions. And you go, wow, that's going to be pretty exciting. Well, instead, how about you tell a story about that? You start with figuring out who your audience is. And like, you know, yes, what, how, how this will become a successful event for them, but also what their concerns are, right? Directly addressing them, making, instead of making you the star of the show, you make your audience the star of the show. And so you tell a story about them. <clears throat> and it really is, I, I think, an Aristotelian idea of having, you know, what is a story? A story has a beginning and an end, and something happens in the middle that tells us about the change to something. That's kind of what a story is. In this instance, you present a vision of like what's happening now. Uh, you kind of propose a solution for, for something. And then in depending on the amount of time you have, you have three big acts to your talk. And then you, when you're done with your three acts that support what it is that you want to say, you bring it back around to that point and then you have a conclusion and you say, thank you very much. Uh, that's not the entire book, but it's pretty close. Um, but you can use it for almost any kind of talk. And you know what's awesome? You do that and then you throw it away. But <laughs> throw it away because you knew it. You can do that. You can just throw it away. But if you've never had to do that before, it's so instructive. And the reason I'm telling you that is that is your mental version of Rocky Balboa walking through the forum is because now you, you say, okay, all right, what's the classic way instead? You go, we're going to talk about new directions and enterprise solutions. Uh, okay, so I'll start by making a slide that says new directions and enterprise solutions <laughs> by, John, you know, by uh, Johnny McRedman. And, and you'll have your purple slide with the yellow text on it. And then you say on the next one, uh, you have a definition of solution, you know, because that's the lamest way to start anything. You define it. And then you get some graphs for that nobody can read. And you got to get more graphs. And so then you go out and you get clip art. And you go on and on and on. You know what I mean? And I think that's the classic one. And then you have like 150 slides with 3 to 11 bullets on them. Because what you're really doing is outlining for yourself. Really? Right. Do you think like there's three points I want to make on this ab about this point. So I will say what my point is as the title, and then I'll have three bullets that I will read. <laughs> and what this, what this storytelling technique makes you do is figure out what the cussed story is before you go in there. So I think those two books work well together and I, it's a rat hole to talk about this, but it goes straight to the topic of confidence because you're going to be so much more confident if you're confident, if you're telling a story rather than reading a white paper. Right. And so I think this can go, I think this can actually go for lots of, lots of different things that you wish you were more confident about. Um, you know, again, with public speaking, there's stuff like Toastmasters. I've never been to Toastmasters. You know about Toastmasters? I do know about Toastmasters. So Toastmasters, you, you go, you go to, you go to Denny's and you give little talks. <laughs> is that right? Is it at Denny's? I or think they... it has to be at Denny's. It used to be Sambo's, but that was too ping pong. <laughs> now you got to go to Denny's. I didn't, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a, a place, uh, a, a restaurant, a place I used to live called Chinese Take Yowdy. <laughs> okay. Isn't okay. That, can you believe that? Yeah. It's like some, somebody went and paid to have that put on a sign. That's pretty cool. Excruciating. Excruciating. Totally ping pong. By the way, it's called table tennis. Um, walking, uh, walking the coastline, walking the golf course. Now, what's your feeling? We, we, we spent uh, 140 minutes on this. What, what's your feeling on confidence? 71 minutes. I, I feel more confident about where we've gone today's episode. Mm -hmm. There are so many ways to undercut your confidence. Um, and I think so many of them go back to imagining the worst conceivable outcome. And I, I, if I could say, I think that goes toward procrastination. Like, why do we procrastinate? Well, part of, part of procrastination, I'm not going to say my usual line, but part of procrastination is 
creating this level of peril about what will likely go wrong and creating so many reasons for not doing something that you never in a million years could actually do it. It doesn't matter how important it is. You know, This is one of those funny things. We have the whole care and sacrifice bit, which I, I happen to really believe in. But regardless of what it is, you know, if you haven't done it and then you haven't done it more, you can continually find all of these reasons not to do it. The kind of go back to, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if this goes wrong. Yeah. Um, in that, that book, The Now Habit, and there's a couple of really great chapters in that book and, and there's a good book on procrastination that we can put in notes. Uh, the Now Habit, one, one of the things that this guy says is, you know, think about like if you had to walk across, say, a two by four. Imagine you're in your in your front yard, your perfectly flat Florida front yard. You put down a two by four. Like most people could walk across that if they had to. But now imagine that two by four being 500 feet in the air and suddenly everything changes. Well, you're essentially adding 500 feet to whatever you've got to do when you just let that negative self-talk bounce around in your head without doing anything about it. We know one thing you could do is put the freaking two by four down on your lawn and walk across it 20 times until you never fall off it. And then, you know what? Maybe try doing it a foot off the ground. This is, it sounds silly, but you know, if, if, it, if it weren't a silly problem, you wouldn't have the problem. It's because people think that this stuff is so simple or, or so impossible for that matter that they never, never, sometimes people never really kind of try to get better at it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It just seems too impossible. It seems too perilous. You know, I could never take a dance lesson. I, I've got BO and no rhythm, you know? Well, <laughs> you know, work, work toward that, you know, pick up the rubber snake. <laughs> It's pretty good. It is good. Can I tell you about something I like? Please. You know about the Squarespace? You ever heard of these guys? I have ne- no, I've never heard of them. Hmm. Okay. We'll button this up. Uh, Squarespace is a, uh, is a, is a site. Now, I'll give the F- Fs and Bs on this one. Right. Um, uh, Squarespace is, is a site where you can go and have a... Uh, did, did they use the word hosted? What, what's their term for it? Fully hosted. <laughs> fully, fully hosted uh, uh, blog or a journal. Or a whatever you want. It's kind of like a big, le- uh, I don't want to say Lego because that's copyrighted. Like, so I'll, instead I'll say it's like a big Lego kit for online content. You can go in and build pretty much anything you need to build. Uh, all inside of a beautiful, uh, very easy to use WYSIWYG uh, interface. Uh, it, to me, it, Squarespace is a terrific balance of, of power. Uh, certainly of scalability and, um, and strength. I mean, Squarespace can stand up to a lot of traffic. Uh, it works. But you can go in and kind of snap these little pieces together. They've done a lot of the heavy lifting to make this easy. So if you want to have um, a portfolio for your photographs that you own, you can go in and create that. You can make a slider out of that, you know, where it's, it slides across the page. You can create an FAQ. And all that stuff really is as simple as dragging a little JavaScripty thing around and dropping it. It really is like popping Legos together. <clears throat> is, that, is that too simple? Yeah, no, I, I, like I like that. And what's neat is like if you like this Lego, but you want it somewhere else, you can drag it over there. Um, it takes a, a relatively small, it takes a very small time investment to get Squarespace. Um, and it takes a surprisingly small amount of time and effort to get pretty good at it. And uh, <clears throat> we love it a lot. And, uh, and, and the neat thing they're doing right now, excuse me, can, will you cough with me just so I feel better? One, two, three. It's <clears throat> <sighs> just like you're not even trying. No. Uh, is that right now they've got a really good deal going where if you sign up uh, for the Squarespace and you sign up for either a year or two years, uh, you get a special deal. First of all, if you sign up for a year, you get 20% off. You sign up for two years, you get 25% off. And <laughs> I always feel like I'm in an infomercial. <laughs> and if you sign up and now, not only will you get the pan for 
If you act right now, you will get the pan and you'll get another pan and you'll get the cleansing pan and you'll get the scrubbing pan. Is that I'll like credit. a fixed cost thing? Once they once they send you the first pan, they might as well just throw it in another one. Is that how that works? Well, in the case in the case of infomercials and not Squarespace, I think if you've ever if you've <laughs> ever seen the ads seen on TV section at Walgreens, oh my god, it, they're, I think most of those things are very inexpensive to make, and so giving you two of them for thirty nine dollars is not not so hard on them. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of extruded plastic, but in this case, yes, if you sign up and you know. You can go in and, and, and try it for less time, but uh, you know you, you should be your own counsel on this. But I think I've I've signed up for uh, the stuff that I do. I'm signing up for a year or two years at a time, and I've got different different accounts for different things. Uh, but here's the cool part: two things. In addition to the discount for signing up for a while, um, you can also get a free domain name free. when you sign up for a year or more. Free. You go in, and if that domain name is available, you punch it in, you hit a thing, you hit the dingus. It took me four and a half minutes to go from having nothing to having a full site. And for Dan, it was even less. And, and Dan, Dan, I look at the Twitter and I see a lot of people saying, oh my gosh, Merlin sure talks about this a lot. I'm really glad I went and checked this out. They have an easy blog importer, so on and so on. Um, we repeat ourselves a lot because there's a lot to say about this. But here's the neat thing. On top of that money you get off the money, is it called money? They call it an offer money? What do they call it? It's cash off. I, I like a promo code. You call it an offer code. Well, Ryan calls it that. I'm not going to contradict him. Have, have, yeah. At his age, they have a lot of uh, tantrums. Give him what's called a timeout. What they call it in New York. Take his Hot Wheels car away. <laughs> Give it to charity. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Now, when you go in, you go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Back is in back to is in two, work is in work. Slash is in slash. You know, kind of like when uh, Spock and Doctor Who make out. Uh, you're welcome, Ryan. <clears throat> You go in there, and when you sign up for this, use the offer code. This is the month of six, and the offer code is lay down. It is not lie down. It is lay down. That's the proper way. Look, Strunk and White it. Look it up. Evie White says lie down. Now, Strunk says lay down. That's why they, that's why they fought, like, like a badger and a fox. That's why they broke up the, the team. Yeah. You know, those, those weren't written at the same time. It used to be, it used to be Strunk, and then it was, it was White. So somebody might pick up the thread. It might be Strunk, White, and Gladwell at some point, turns out. So you go to uh, squarespace.com slash back. This is a weird episode, Dan. This is a really weird episode, mm-hmm. don't you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you uh, go in and you will have the opportunity to use the offer code laydown and you'll get 10% more on top of all those other things. This is a good deal. It's going a little bit long, so I apologize. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Get in there and play around with it and, uh, and join the kids who are, uh, who are sick of uh, maintaining stuff and, and want to make things. It, it's a lot of fun to use and there's... Trust me, good stuff coming. So uh, check them out. They're very cool. Uh, we're very grateful to Squarespace for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work. At least I am. Are you, are you grateful? I'm very grateful. I feel like sometimes your gratitude doesn't really completely come through. That is false. Is that right? Hmm. It's kind of weird. Unacceptable! <laughs> what time is it? Oh, boy. We're over. Over. Hmm. You want to you wrap up your thought, or did you do that? Hmm. Wow. You can be very blunt sometimes, Dan. Do whatever you want to do. It's your thing. So think about confidence. It's um I'm trying to think about the things that I'm not confident about that I'd like to be more confident about. Cooking. Talking about talking about money. Yeah. I'm pretty confident with cooking because I'm a man. Uh and when you're a man, and again, I don't want to work ping pong here, but when you're a man, the basics of cooking are this. Uh there's the microwave, there's the three hundred and fifty degree setting, and there's broiling. <laughs> right. right. And if you can't, can't make forget it with any, 
<laughs> for a kind long of the time. last, last, you know, the your, your last shot at making something. It's well, we'll just broil it. Degrees, 350 <laughs> degrees is the monad. Like that's almost everything can be made with 350 degrees if you got the right tools and, the, and a chafing dish. And if you get a chafing dish, you, sh- you should also get a, an unguent dish because you don't want to be chafed for that long. Uh, and also sterno, don't don't do that stuff. It's like bath salts. You know what I'm saying? Could ruin the whole party. I do. Yeah. Now, can you do can you do sterno? Is that something people can do? Sterno. Yeah. You don't want that in your house. I'm okay with my cooking. I, I probably use too much butter in things, not as much as Paula Deen, but I use a. Uh, Actually, sh- butter is not the problem. Different, Josh. different show. Hmm. Canned heat. On the road again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We should wrap this up. I'm trying to think of things I want to be more confident. I'm terrible at talking about money. Uh, I don't like going to the post office. What about your driving? My, I drive as little as possible. Um, I used to be a very inadvisable, uh, as I've said on You Look Nice Today, drive with your wiener kind of driver. But today I am, I am, I'm like a very, very, very old man. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I imagine you, you know, doing one of those parking jobs where you, you swing it oh, in and boy, I, I, you know what? sort of slam sequel. it in like, um, I'm not, I don't slam it in. Ace Ventura in. style. Nope, real gentle. Like, don't compare me to Jim Carrey. It makes me so angry. I never I, that. I've never done that, as far as you know. Let it go. Let it go. You want me to hit the, you want me to hit the lemon grab again? Yeah, I'll do it. Hit it. Okay. Um, those are things I'd like to be more confident uh, about. But it's funny because the driving is actually not a bad example. I remember when I very first started driving, you know, you, you, it's like people, I remember I had my friend Harry, who was actually in that band with Aaron from uh, the, the, the giant, giant uh, ranch hat. Aaron Hillegas. Yeah. I told you about this earlier. Aaron and I were in a band in college. And my friend uh, Harry played drums. And before he started playing drums, he would always, he would, you know, kind of drum on things. And he would say, I, I feel like I already know how to play drums. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You ever, I think it's particularly like, or like, you know, John Roderick playing a tennis racket to, uh, you know, you got another thing coming. Like we've all, we've all had this feeling of like, I feel like I have everything I need to do this except the ability to do it. I already know everything I need to know about this. And I think a great example of that is driving. I have been in a car so many times. I I've, I've driven the car outside the grocery store. I've driven the Grand Prix at, at, at Walt Disney World. I've killed it at Mr. Toad. Like, I, I feel like I know everything about driving at this point. And then you get on the road and you discover it's so different than you thought. And, and for a long time before I took driver's ed, I was doing that thing, you know, it's, it was an automatic, but I would do that thing where <laughs> I would use my left foot to brake. Oh, no. Did you ever do that? Never, no, because I learned on a so stick. Sensible. Well, there, wow. Whoa. So then you have to, you have to... Well, you're throwing lumber, dude. Wow. <laughs> you have to have your left foot for the clutch. I would have imagined that I would imagine I need a third foot for, for that. Um, and, and the parking need... brake. You don't, don't hit the parking brake. That's a bad idea. Yeah, don't use that. Unless, but, well, if it's an emergency or if you're parking on a hill, an incline. But, you know, just to wrap it up, like you get in the car the first few times and, you know, when you're, when you're learning. And, yeah, you can be real arrogant and you can be real overly confident. But you learn pretty quickly that, that it, it takes skills that you hadn't imagined. Right. I mean, and I, you know, of, of all the stupid classes I took, there's a lot of stuff I learned in driver's ed that I still use to this day. I mean, stuff where my wife laughs at me. Like I, when I, when I change lanes, I look at both mirrors and I very quickly look over my shoulder. I know that's crazy, but like, I, why I is that really, crazy? You who, not believe who how many doesn't do that? I always use turn signals for everything. Of I'm always, I'm always looking further down the road. But who doesn't always, do this? Hmm. You may infer. And so uh, I'm the crazy one, right? Because I'm looking over my shoulder. Now, some people say you got to keep your eyes on the road. Well, I am keeping my eye on the road. I'm keeping my eye on the one place where a blind spot is likely to get me. But it's going to take 
getting in the car and doing that a lot before you get that confidence. You may start out with the wrong kind of confidence. I won't even say arrogance. Like you may start out with the kind of confidence that you, you haven't earned at all, but it's very humbling to suddenly realize, you know, it might be the first time you, you put your car through a Dairy Queen, you know, uh, but, but it's gonna, it does take some time, but you will develop confidence. And that confidence that you get from driving a lot can lead to a certain kind of relaxation where you actually drive a lot better because you're not all keyed up. If, you're, if, you're, if you can relax before you go on stage, uh, you're actually going to be a much better speaker. Um, I have to imagine if you can relax before you try and uh, uh, putt a good ball in an important golf round, <laughs> right? I mean, think about that guy, that guy Gruber likes, that uh, Rivera guy. Like I, I just couldn't care less about sports, but I love watching that guy pitch. I remember in, in the World Series, it was Yankees versus somebody local. I don't remember. It might have been the Giants, but just I have no idea how you could be under so much pressure. You know what I'm talking about? That he's a, a pitching relief man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't you know what I mean? Though the way that guy could keep his cool in, in the clutch like that, I have no idea how you keep throwing the ball exactly when you, where you want to throw it when you're under so much pressure. But I guess it helps a lot to be talented, and it helps a lot to do it over and over, and it helps a lot to notice over time that being relaxed and in the moment rather than keyed up was the most important part of that confidence, right? And then the courage in that instance is, you know, even if one guy hits it out of the park, like I'm still going to have that eye of the tiger for the next batter. You know what I mean? That to me is the pro part. That's the part that blows my mind about professional athletes. And I have to imagine that comes out of a lot of uh, visualization and practice. But uh, anyway, so he, he tore his Tommy John. Is that right? Is uh, he out now? Is he totally out? Yeah, I think so. Isn't that, a, that's a pity. Well, it happens. Oh, Tommy John, was Tommy John a Met? Yeah, Met, yep. Did I ever tell you about when I met the 79 Dodgers? Mm, no, no, I don't think you have. <laughs> Let's button this up. All right. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. <laughs>